COVID-19 has, without a doubt, fundamentally changed the food system and consumer attitudes, but what can we expect in 2021? What shifts are happening in purchasing behaviors? How's the food industry evolving to adjust? And what's ahead in the new year? Hear from industry experts and members of the Center for Food Integrity's Consumer Trust Insights Council this hour to find out if how we get, prepare, and even order our food will ever be the same on the other side of the global pandemic. From the Ohio Farm Bureau studio, this is our Ohio Weekly, highlighting those who grow our food, fiber, and fuel while examining issues that are important for farmers and their neighbors throughout the Buckeye State. Our Ohio Weekly is supported by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. Here's our Ohio Weekly host, Ty Higgins. The Center for Food Integrity's Consumer Trust Insights Council is made up of a group of consumer insights experts and social scientists who explore emerging trends and provide insights to provide strategy for the food system. Our guests this week are both members of that council. Susan Schwally is president of Food and Beverage with NPD Group, and Kevin Ryan, founder of Malachite Strategy, will be getting us up to speed on shifts happening in purchasing behavior, how the food industry is evolving to adjust, and make some predictions about what consumer behaviors are going to drive the food system in 2021 and beyond. Susan Schwally starts us off by giving us some of the latest data and what it's telling us. Well, you know, headline, what we're seeing now is um, we're starting to see that roller coaster, that, uh, that up and down, um, the reaction to the second, now I hear we're on the third wave of COVID. Maybe it's the first wave part 1C. Um, but as it ebbs and flows and as we have regional closures, we're seeing that reaction to the regulatory as governmental um, you know, organizations try to uh, preserve their ICU and, and medical capacity. Um, so that that has started, but let let me um let me share some data here and give you you some some numbers to ground us. First of all, um, we have partnerships with Nielsen, and what we did was we combined all of our um, food service, our discretionary spending. You may remember we track the sixteen different industries as well as the consumer packaged goods world to give a total perspective on what um, you know spending has been like. And you'll notice here you'll see the giant spikes in spending uh, back in March when we um, started buying, um, stockpiling toilet paper and food, and the first lockdowns happened in April. And you can see versus a year ago, that total uh, spending of about $2 trillion in annual uh, consumer dollars trended down against a year ago. We, you know, we just didn't have our footing yet, right? So as we started to come out of lockdown, um, shift to online, um, we can see that uh, spending kind of roared back, if you will. Um, and a lot of this is stimulus monies um, that really helped uh, keep keep things going as we saw certain industries um, really, really benefit as we outfitted our homes, our kitchens, our home offices. Uh, we bought puzzles. We bought baking items, things to entertain ourselves. All the way through the end of October versus a year ago, consumer spending is still strong. Um, overall, there are, um, you know, winners and losers. Of course, some of the losers in all this is the restaurant industry, but it's not all doom and gloom, depending on how the restaurant is set up, according to Schwally. Quick serve versus full serve gives different data. Unfortunately, restaurants have not, uh, you know, been a bright spot in terms of um, post-COVID life since March. And in particular, it's the full service restaurants. 
Um, you know, what we're seeing is that uh, actually hot off the presses uh, through the week ending November 22nd, total restaurant transactions um, are down 8%. Quick service restaurants are 7%. But um, full service restaurants are now down 27 That's a decline from the beginning of November because we've had uh, states and regions shut down. And you know, the it's clearly impacting the full service restaurants uh, to a much greater degree. And QSR, it just continues to gain share um, of the restaurant world because they've they've got it figured out. They've got mobile ordering, they've got drive through, they've got delivery, um, and some of them are actually doing quite well in comping up versus um, you know a year ago. Uh, this is going to continue to be really difficult for the full service restaurants particularly as we head into the next couple winter months, you know, I feel like we're going to go into a really tough space um, with COVID cases increasing until we get the vaccine. Um, this is the second round for many of these folks to try um, and make it through um, a shutdown. And, and of course, many full service restaurants that were hanging on with outdoor dining have now lost that due um, you know, to just the weather in the Northern states. So this is, um, we see it every time there's a shutdown. It, it, it impacts more in full full service. As for the 2021 outlook for restaurants, Swally says. This is going to be very interesting to watch 2021. We're starting to talk about what does this look like if the vaccine comes into play and by, say, summer? I, I mean, just, you know, I'm not an epidemiologist, but but what you know, I read out there, if that happens, what will we see the restaurant recovery look like? How hard will it come roaring back? And what does that mean to food manufacturers who are now gonna be comping off crazy sales in 2020 and how do they manage that? So, you know, we're gonna have a, an opposite reaction going on that, um, will need to, to be managed you know, through and, and understood more. What we're forecasting right now for 2021, um, well, let me, let me take you back. What our forecast had told us on the restaurant side um, was that by the end of the year in 2020, overall restaurant traffic would be down 10%. And we're right on track. Our tracking is right on track with what that forecast um, said, we match. Um, we had called for improvement in Q1 and Q2 when earlier this year we put together the forecast for 2021. And I don't, I'm not confident we're going to see improvement in restaurants based on what we're seeing with COVID um, kicking up in Q1 um, and Q2. Um, as I mentioned, we do feel though that even after um, you know COVID recovers, that uh, in-home probably has gained two to three percentage points. Keep in mind, after the last Great Recession, uh, different set of circumstances, but in-home did gain a point or two over food service, and food service never got it back. That's Susan Schwally, president of Food and Beverage with NPD Group. Also joining us this week is Kevin Ryan, founder of Malachite Strategy. Kevin says that 2020 has caused a health revolution due to COVID-19 for many reasons. We're making our own food. We're worrying about our own health. He says there are three parts of this health revolution as far as the products we buy and what we're interested in in the food market. The first one being immunity. 
a lot of this was driven is driven by COVID. I mean, we all know that there was definitely a lot of interest in health and wellness as we went in, but I think COVID has sharpened the stick, so to speak, on where it's going. The first one I think is immunity. I mean, immunity, there's been a definite boom in supplements and things like that. Unilever buying smarty pants, I think that's really interesting. I think that's really telling that uh, big CPGs want to get into this. Smarty Pants was kind of an obvious one. They had their 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 house in order. They had a great marketing. Uh, they had great uh, online presence and social media presence. So I think that's interesting. But it's also telling. Uh, Cargill uh, is doing tons of work in their health technologies uh, and expecting from the data I saw and the announcement I saw, expecting to do at least a billion dollars in microbiome sales of like probiotics, prebiotics, postbiotics, if you're familiar with postbiotics, uh, there's all these biotics that are coming out. But it's really speaking to this idea that COVID, I think, made people... Uh, feel a loss of control, at least that's what I'm getting from consumers, a loss of control, and that you need something to put the onus back on yourself, or at least the ability to take control and, you know, buying things that help your health uh, from an immunity point of view is one way in. So I, I think there's coming. How it will come in, will it be just supplements? Will it be, uh, um, you know, prebiotics, postbiotics in your, in your, in the snack bar? unsure yet, but I think that you're definitely going to, you're seeing a lot of investment here. Another trend bubbling up in the food industry is mood food. Kevin explains. I, you know, for years, I mean, I've done so many ideations where the term mood food came up and it always went in the pile of, yeah, that'd be great. You know, that's interesting. This is starting to really happen now. So Pepsi launching Driftwell, which helps you sleep. Uh, Molson getting really into, through a separate company, uh, CBD before we get all of this regulation kind of put out here. So that's kind of a slowdown kind of movement. And then on the other side, because you have to have the other side, you have a real uptick in energy. So Kind, now part of, of, of um, Mars, uh, and then Nature Valley, both getting you know much more focused in on energy. I think that dichotomy between there is really interesting and it's starting to get food and beverage really hooked with mood uh, energy kind of thing. And I think that's uh, as people are, you know, focusing more on themselves uh, in this moment and trying to regulate anxiety and energy and when do I work, this is going to continue to come home. As will personalized nutrition. Personalized nutrition, they're, they're, you know, everyone's got a, a, a point on this one. And I think I take it in a different way. I take it as how I, you know, um, individualize my nutrition. Uh, in different ways. So one way is we talked about this meal kits, and it's very much customized toward you. But the one I'm super interested in is uh, Amazon, you know, launched Halo, if you're not familiar with that, that's their smartwatch kind of functionality. But then this week, they or a week and a half ago launched um, Amazon Pharmacy. Amazon Monotron, and this has nothing to do with the food industry, but it's telling. Amazon Monotron is a machine learning application through AWS that allows companies to monitor their equipment and their employees through their cloud network. Now, I say that because the MO of Amazon is using data that you have and then organizing it and selling it back to you. They're doing it on an enterprise level. You know that it's going to happen on a personal level. So you take something like Halo, you take something like Amazon Pharmacy, which is a lot of data, you take all the things that you're getting through a prime through your grocery, making that into a personalized sense of where you are just makes sense. And you're already seeing it with Peloton, 
Peloton in partnering with Lululemon, you can see these bundles starting of enter, uh, information being put together through many different sources and then sold back to the consumer to be able to personalize how you're feeling. And a lot of it's done through wearables. And Kevin Ryan sees a food industry shakeup in the near future and has this warning for consumer packaged goods or CPG. When we have a vaccine, when we have all that kind of stuff, what's going to happen? I think that you're starting to see this restaurant metamorphosis happen. And I think that CPG should really watch out because restaurant has hurt really bad and they have been forced to innovate. And I think Cloud Kitchen, if you're familiar with Cloud Kitchen, owned by the original founder of Uber, the Cloud Kitchens are, are starting to figure out a particular way to change the business model. Chipotle just launched a digital kitchen, which is, it's, it's just a footprint just to pick up. There's nowhere to sit. And then the one I'm really interested in is, um, It's Just Wings is a virtual brand. That brand actually does not exist. It, it, in, a, in a physical format, but they're expecting, they, they launched it in, I believe, April, and it's just using Chili's and their other establishments' kitchens to make wings and deliver them. So what I'm saying is CPG is sitting okay right now, but because of this rapid crucible that the restaurant industry is going through, they are becoming uh, a force to be reckoned with in 2021 and beyond. Meaning the way we used to get our food pre-COVID may have changed for good. More from our experts from the Center for Food Integrity's Consumer Trust Index Council, Susan Schwally and Kevin Ryan, next on Our Ohio Weekly. For farmers and small business owners looking for quality, affordable health care for themselves and employees, the Ohio Farm Bureau Health Benefits Plan may be your solution. The plan is available for employers with fewer than 100 employees and sole proprietors who have employees, are headquartered in Ohio, and operate within the farm-to-fork sector. To learn more about qualifications and plan details, visit ofbhealthbenefitsplan.org. A quality, affordable health care option. Visit ofbhealthbenefitsplan.org. Your projects are a big deal, so use equipment that can get the job done. CAT equipment sets the standard for the industry. The CAT product line includes more than 300 machines to handle a wide variety of duties. Ohio Farm Bureau members can save up to $5,000 when buying or leasing qualifying CAT equipment, plus a $250 credit on select work tool attachments. Learn more by visiting OFBF.org savings and click on the Caterpillar logo. Limitations and restrictions apply. Brad, let me introduce you to one of the most important people in Peytonville. Is she the mayor? No, insurance agent. She must be really good. The best. That's why she chooses Nationwide to help protect all the families, businesses, and dreams in Peytonville. People really count on her. Seems like she's a local celebrity. She's a local legend. Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. To some, that sound means the day is ruined. To a farmer, it's the sound of life sustained. Every farmer understands the value of clean water. Ohio Farm Bureau understands it too. So on behalf of our members, we've invested millions of dollars through research and action to help improve clean water for all of us. To learn more on how you can join our efforts, visit farmersforwater.org today. Are you a small business owner supporting and involved with agriculture such as farm equipment, food processing, grocery store, or restaurant service? 
Do you continue to search for reliable and affordable health coverage? Then search no more. The Ohio Farm Bureau has taken action to offer a new self-funded medical plan to save on expenses. This new health benefits plan, administered in part by Medical Mutual, offers great rates, expanded well care, fixed monthly payments, and a variety of plan designs to meet your needs. Specialty products available to employees include dental, vision, and disability at specially discounted rates. This plan also includes a 24-7 nurse line and a physician consultation service for your convenience. Search no more. Visit ofbhealthbenefitsplan.org. Receive your exceptionally discounted quote today. That's ofbhealthbenefitsplan.org. Stick around. Our Ohio Weekly with Ty Higgins continues following these messages. You're listening to Our Ohio Weekly, this week talking about the new food industry trends after COVID-19 demolished the restaurant industry and had us rethinking the way we get our food in many ways in 2020. The Center for Food Integrity has a Consumer Trust Insights Council made up of a group of consumer insights experts and social scientists. On that council, our guest this week, Susan Schwally is president of Food and Beverage with MPD Group and Kevin Ryan is founder of Malachite Strategies. They talked about some of the top food innovations of 2020 due to the COVID-19 pandemic. Obviously, in the home space um, with uh, countertop kitchen appliances, we saw tremendous growth there and re-engagement. I I do think some of the innovation in the the home space, um, the air fryers, the poster child, has been great because it's allowed consumers to have a better experience quicker. Um, There's lots of benefits they've offered. You know, you, you cannot underestimate um, the pivot towards digital, both in the restaurant world that was doing it quite well with delivery, third-party delivery and curbs, um, curbside pickup, but they even pivoted faster. And you can't underestimate what's gone on with that acceleration at grocery retail. So that has just grown exponentially. And yes, it may moderate because some people do enjoy the shop, but it's not going to go back to where it was. It is going to be much larger part of our, our life. So um, I would say that's another, another thing that's been, um, you know, really, really big, the increased BOPIS and online shopping for edible grocery. I do think that going forward, both for uh, CPG, consumer packaged goods and restaurants, I think that there's going to be uh, we're going to have to start thinking, stop thinking about there's the, the restaurant way to get food, and then there's the, right. the and there's the there's a grocery store way to get food. Consumers don't think about aisles; they think about I need cereal, yeah. right? So it's the same thing now. It's like, how do I get it? I pick up my phone. It could be Kroger or or Walmart or Amazon, or it could be uh, Zool. Uh, it's for- all about accessibility, right? Yes. It's what what is going to do it for me? And if you think about this in a way. And Samsung with the refrigerator that's got the hub, the kitchen hub, think about it. I mean, they're kind of ahead of their time, but that's potentially as technology and smart comes into the kitchen in really meaningful ways, that really becomes it, especially with this personalization that you're talking about. We have appliances, whether it's going to be a refrigerator or your wearable or whatever, it's going to come together and understand your inventory, your preferences and all of that. And, um, it's going to, you're going to have a screen. It's going to show you how to cook. It's going to reorder. And it's not, the kitchen is going to be the hub. That's right. Whether it comes from the ghost kitchen or a distribution center and 
that's how retail, I think, is going to have to shift. I don't know when it'll happen down the line, but. I think now, though, is the pivotal moment. And the reason I say that is, is because um, right now it's still humans picking and choosing my list of grocery and all that kind of stuff. I can see a future where digital assistants take a lot of that. And uh, you are you as a manufacturer, you as a restaurant are trying to pitch to a digital assistant because they're going to be the gatekeeper for most. That sounds futuristic, but that is not futuristic back to that bubble. That is there's already stuff that you don't see when you go on Google because the algorithm already kind of screens it out because it's not fit your thing. Home meal preparation has certainly taken off over the last 10 months. Uh, I have made more meals in the last 10 months than I have for the last 10 years, I suppose. And Susan Schwally and Kevin Ryan say that trend may last quite a while. One of the things I think about is people being involved with their meal preparation more and with having these concerns about health. I think it's caused them to really reevaluate to an extent what are they eating and putting in their food. And so I think that that mentality is going to carry forward. And one of the things I think about with restaurants and their metamorphosis is who is going to continue to really um, do that well or capitalize on that. So if I think about the last economic downturn, granted, there was no pandemic. If I think about who came out of that and capitalized that really well, particularly with millennials, it was Chipotle. And it was the, you know, we we source all natural, um, you know, we're real food, we're, you know, organic and, and, and all of that. And that was kind of the health thing and that movement towards um, clean and whole, if you will. I think consumers are going to be looking, some consumers are going to be looking for that more and may stay more engaged with their food. But then there's the opportunity out of home for someone to capitalize on that. And I think they're going to want to know if I get it from a restaurant or if I buy it a little bit further down the line where where it came from. So I think transparency continues to be really important and storytelling around it. So Kevin will have more um, to add to that, but. Yeah, no, I, I agree. See. I agree. I um, This is, I'll go back to alternatives again. And I think alternatives are a great example of that. I think it's a way to kind of feel better about what you are getting. And some, the biggest alternatives right now talk like this. So impossible. They're, they're about, you know, um, decreasing the carbon footprint and all of that. But I think that the best way for this to happen is if it's a win-win uh, for both the manufacturer as well as for the consumer. And I think alternatives is another great example because it, it is plant-based. It makes you feel good about eating it and you're getting what you want in a taste you want. But on the manufacturer side, as we start getting down to um, cost parity and things like that, you could see that within the meat industry, how much COVID disrupted, um, you know, how difficult it was because it's diff- more difficult to do automation in meat manufacturing and all that. Within alternatives, it's not as much because it's, you know, it's a lot of automation. So that's what I mean about win-win. You can see how things that really will, will kind of resonate. And that's what Chipotle did, I think, really well is they figured out a way to get a message marketing across and make money doing it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what you'll see with with this coming out. They say one of the bright spots in the meat industry is that when people go to the grocery store, they're buying higher cuts of meat to cook at home. They see that trend continuing as well. There are a couple of experts on the Center for Food Integrity's Consumer Trust Insights Council. Susan Schwally, president of Food and Beverage with MPD Group, and Kevin Ryan, founder of Malashite Strategy, our guests this week on Our Ohio Weekly. 
More after this. This is Our Ohio Weekly. Thanks for listening. I'm Ty Higgins. Today on To the Beat of Agriculture, we're going to take you right into the classroom of a Southwest Ohio Career Center to hear the story of an educator whose passion for the field empowers her students' life and future career choices. Let's listen in now. My name is Dr. Kelly Rickaball. I'm a veterinarian. Um, I started in private practice. Um, I was in private practice for 11, 13 years, 13 years, and then I um, kind of went through a soul-searching type of thing, I would say. Um, a lot of veterinarians, they say, go through burnout. Um, I had a colleague who was teaching um, veterinary technicians at a local community college. Um, she asked if I wanted to adjunct teach, and I said yes, so then I taught veterinary technicians for a short time. Um, I was then looking for a more full-time position again and came across an ad from the Greene County Career Center for a veterinary science program. Um, to, be, to be honest, I didn't quite know what I was getting into um, when I filled out the application. Um, filled out the application, interviewed, and was hired. Um, so now I am teaching junior and seniors in high school in a veterinary science lab program. This program is absolutely amazing. Um, I have my students about two and a half hours a day. Um, it's different with COVID with the schedule, but um, for two years. And so in this program, I teach um, veterinary science, of course. Um, I start with animal anatomy and physiology. Um, we also do medical terminology. Um, we also do animal science and technology, which is the course that I pull in the large animal and production livestock into. Um, interestingly, I had very limited exposure to animals growing up. Um, I don't have, I didn't come from a farm. I was a suburban girl. Um, we had maybe a dog, one dog my whole life. Um, I didn't have like hamsters. I didn't, never had a cat. Um, you know, no riding horses. I don't have a great animal background. And I also don't have a great story of, you know, my beloved dog had was diagnosed with this and so I wanted to grow up and find the cure. Um, those are, you know, things that you oftentimes hear from people who want to go into the industry of veterinary medicine. Um, I just wanted to be a veterinarian and I don't know if I can even answer the why. It just has always been in me. Um, everything I did growing up was with the goal of becoming a veterinarian. And I think one of the biggest, well, a couple of things are my favorite. Um, one is the, the puzzle. Um, it is definitely a puzzle to find out what is going on. Um, you know, an animal presents with something and you have to figure it out. Um, my second favorite thing is just definitely that human-animal bond. Um, the human-animal bond of watching clients with their animals, um, just how they interact and how close they are to each other um, and I find it especially interesting now that I'm exposed more to livestock at how much you see that in not just the small animals most people think it's just the small animals and sometimes the reputation is out there that farmers may not quote-unquote care about their livestock um, and nothing could be further from the, from the truth um, and so that's exciting to see too. Uh, the students who have had a variety of animals um, in the classroom, I really have to um, teach my students to, sometimes you have to put your emotion aside so that you can clearly look at that puzzle um, and help the animal. 
Um, but it's been it's been fun also to see the various aspects of emotion that students have for the animals. Um, you know, they're again um, they're livestock at home. They're chickens they're raising. Um, the horses that they show, uh, the hogs that they brought to fair, and they you know it one grand champion and they are heartbroken because they know that it has to be slaughtered, um, you know, that kind of thing. The other thing I'd like my students to know is that they are in my class, they're in veterinary science. I am hopeful and confident that this group of students will um, continue to learn and do well and it may not be in the field of veterinary science and that is okay. Um, I think sometimes these students are, especially at a career center, are kind of feel like they have to go into the field that they chose. And as we all know, you know, our, our lives change, our circumstances change, our opportunities change. So if they don't stay in the field of veterinary medicine, that is, that is okay. Um, they have learned something and hopefully they pick up a lot of information, both medical, but also in um, just, you know, about their food and about, um, biosecurity and safety. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. Um, so hopefully they understand more of the science behind things in the world. Being a veterinarian is, you know, besides being a, a mom, um, is my favorite thing. I absolutely love my profession. Just, I, and I can't, I can't say it enough, you know, we'll, we'll be running fecal samples and I will just, my eyes will light up and I'll be animated because I love veterinary medicine. It's very exciting to me. Um, but to see some of that excitement in my students and or to help them understand something so that they have that passion or excitement as well, um, that is, that's my favorite thing. I love sharing my passion for the field of veterinary medicine. That's the story of Dr. Kelly Rickabaugh here on our Ohio Weekly's segment of To the Beat of Agriculture. As you heard, Kelly is a dedicated vet at the Greene County Career Center. We're thankful her and people like her who help grow the passion for Ohio's number one industry in the hearts and minds of students across the Buckeye State. To hear this story again and many more, look for this show on all major podcasting platforms. Search Our Ohio Weekly. I'm Ty Higgins. We'll be right back. Friend. Let me introduce you to one of the most important people in Peytonville. Is she the mayor? No, insurance agent. She must be really good. The best. That's why she chooses Nationwide to help protect all the families, businesses, and dreams in Peytonville. People really count on her. Seems like she's a local celebrity. She's a local legend. Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. $500 in bonus cash on eligible Ford vehicles. All it takes is to be, or become, a member of the Ohio Farm Bureau. Bonus cash applies to purchases and leases. For all the program requirements and details, visit OFBF.org. Big bonus cash on new Fords exclusively for Ohio Farm Bureau members. Visit OFBF.org. At Georgia Boot, we build our boots just like the people who wear them. Tough, dependable, and hardworking. You need a boot that you can count on. That's why Georgia Boot always uses rich, full-grain leathers and comfort insoles to maximize your all-day comfort. We've been building boots that way since 1937. You pick the best tools for the job, why would your boots be any different? Georgia Boot is America's hardest-working boot. 
Go to georgiaboot.com to see our latest promotions or to find a dealer near you. For many, the COVID-19 crisis made it feel like the world stopped. But for Ohio Farm Bureau and our members, the work never did. As you spend early mornings in the barn and late nights in the field, Ohio Farm Bureau continues to be at the forefront, advocating and educating to help our members navigate through these challenges. Ohio's resilient agriculture community will get through this with the strength of the state's largest farm organization. Get updates and become a member at ofbf.org slash stillfarming. Ohio Farm Bureau, together with farmers. Our Ohio Weekly with Ty Higgins continues after this. Another round of COVID-19 checks will be going out to the vast majority of American households very soon. The $900 billion COVID stimulus package includes up to $13 billion in funding that directly benefits agriculture. And that help reaches even farther across the farm spectrum than the bill passed earlier this year. I'm Ty Higgins, joined by Brandon Kern. He is the Senior Director of State and National Policy with OFBF. Hi, Brandon. Hi, Ty. How are you? Doing fine. You've been following this very closely over the past week, and I mentioned that there are some sectors of agriculture that will see some support this time around that maybe didn't see it the first time. What sectors are they? Yeah, I think that's probably the most important component to the bill, uh, to be really honest with you, Ty. I mean, if you look at, um, you know, livestock producers in particular, I think are really going to see benefit here that they hadn't seen in earlier phases. There's been a lot of coverage in the news about disruptions in the supply chain. Uh, we all know that. And for those producers, when those backups have occurred, they've really uh, you know, felt the impact of it. And so if you have uh, producers who have felt the impact in terms of, of having to depopulate um, you know, their, their livestock, not being able to move them to the market, there are provisions in this bill that are gonna allow them um, to recover up to 80% of the market value uh, for those animals. So that's gonna be a tremendous help for producers who found themselves in that situation. Uh, similarly, you know, we've, we uh, you know, have many operators across the spectrum who work on contract. Um, and for you know, those growers who experienced disruptions to their contract, maybe their contract was canceled or their contract was delayed because of those logistics supply chain issues that were created in the middle of the COVID crisis, they're also gonna be able to, to seek some relief up to 80% of the losses that they incurred from those canceled contracts or delayed contracts earlier in the year. So those are those are huge benefits. And again, both of those examples covered in this bill that weren't uh, addressed at all in the earlier relief packages. You mentioned that food supply issue we saw earlier in the year, and, and dairy was one of the first ones that uh, we saw have issues at the front end and the back end of the food supply chain. Uh, nearly $1 billion of this bill going to support a dairy donation program and supplemental dairy margin coverage payments for small and medium-sized producers across the country. Uh, when you look at, though, the specialty and non-specialty crop growers, they got some things uh, earlier this year in that first bill. Will that support continue? Absolutely. Um, you know, we see in this bill some additional supplemental payments uh, for that CFAP program. Um, earlier, they were, you know, growers were able to um, recover, you know, 80% of, of their losses. This is just going to be a straight uh, per acre uh, payment for in this bill. So a $20 per acre payment uh, for those growers that in those situations. So that's, uh, you know, continued support from Congress who have clearly showed that they uh, recognize you know, how big the, of an impact the pandemic has had on, on agriculture and growers across the country. 
the correlation between the issues you and I are talking about in this bill and, and the priority issues that came out of our annual meeting just a couple of weeks ago are uh, amazing. You know, we talked about the, the meat processing and, and the livestock producers seeing trouble, uh, dairy producers. Uh, one of the policies that came out, one of our priority issues for 2021 is rural broadband. Uh, what are we seeing uh, in this bill as far as that's concerned? Yeah, a lot of important work being done in this bill for, you know, just rural communities in general, which we obviously support at Farm Bureau. Seven billion dollars will be allocated in uh, the relief package for broadband development, including 300 million for rural broadband um, and specifically 250 million for uh, telehealth issues. I know that that's something that you know people across rural Ohio have you know, continued to be concerned with access to broadband, being able to you know take advantage of telehealth. Uh, certainly, in the wake of COVID, has become top of mind for a lot of Ohioans. So I think that's really important work that that Farm Bureau is very supportive of. Finally, we fought very hard earlier this year for the PPP, the Paycheck Protection Program. Many Ohio Farm Bureau members took advantage of that in the first bill. Uh, Is that part of this new package as well? Absolutely. There's going to be another infusion into the PPP program. I think this is really important as well uh, for rural communities and, you know, our partners, not just farms uh, who can absolutely take advantage of this, but, you know, our partners across the food spectrum. Uh, If you look at the situation that, you know, our partners, for example, in the restaurant industry are facing, um, it's really just dire in certain certain circumstances. And so a new $284 million infusion into that program um, will provide a significant level of help uh, for small businesses across the spectrum. And there's more focus on small businesses. So they've reduced the size of the number of employees that they're targeting this time around down to 300 um, employees. And, and, you know, so they're trying to target the smaller mom and pop operations, small business in particular, who are really in need right now. Brandon Curran is Senior Director of State and National Policy with Ohio Farm Bureau. He's still going through this bill and finding out all those little nuggets that can help the agriculture sector. Of course, at the national level, the American Farm Bureau also going through this, and uh, they'll be updating us, and we'll be updating you. Uh, And you can actually click on the link on this post, and you can get all the details from the American Farm Bureau Federation. Brandon, appreciate your time. Thanks for the insights. Thank you. This week is a big week for Farm Bureau members all across the country. And it's going to be a little bit different than a usual American Farm Bureau annual convention, as this year's convention is going virtual. With that said, it means everybody involved in Farm Bureau and those curious about the organization can join in for free and see what Farm Bureau is all about at the local, state, and national level. We'll tell you more about how to get involved in this year's annual convention virtually after this, as our Ohio Weekly continues. From water quality to the farm economy to overregulation, farmers are facing a lot of challenges. That's why Farm Bureau is there when you can't be. While you're doing chores in the barn, planting seeds in the tractor, or herding livestock in the pasture, your Ohio Farm Bureau is tracking important cases at the courthouse, talking with lawmakers at the State House and on Capitol Hill. Farm Bureau represents you. They are there when you can't be. Become a member or renew your membership today by contacting your county Farm Bureau or by visiting OFBF.org. Hi, this is John Maryhew, Director of Member Services for the Ohio Farm Bureau. Case IH is a proud supporter of the Ohio Farm Bureau. Working to build strong, prosperous agricultural communities, the Ohio Farm Bureau protects the future of your farm and your neighbor's farms all year long. And thanks to this strong partnership, Ohio Farm Bureau members receive a discount up to $500 on qualifying Case IH equipment. Choose from Case IH Farm All Series tractors, including Compact, Utility, and 100A Series and Maxim Series tractors as well. 
plus save on hay and forage equipment like self-propelled wind rowers, mower conditioners, and large square round balers. This discount may be used with other promotions, rebates, or offers. And it's available for every qualifying Case IH tractor and piece of equipment you purchase. Join Ohio Farm Bureau today to pocket up to $500 in savings. Get your discount by visiting OFBF.org. Where can your Ohio Farm Bureau member benefits take you? No matter the destination, Avis and Budget Rental Car will get you there. Did you know that Ohio Farm Bureau members can save up to 25% off base rates and are eligible to receive other rental car discounts like dollars off or a free upgrade? So before you put that car in drive, log on to OFBF.org slash savings and click on the Avis or Budget logo. Avis and Budget, great rental car discounts, exclusive to Ohio Farm Bureau members. Find them at OFBF.org slash savings. Brad, let me introduce you to one of the most important people in Peytonville. Is she the mayor? No, insurance agent. She must be really good. The best. That's why she chooses Nationwide to help protect all the families, businesses, and dreams in Peytonville. People really count on her. Seems like she's a local celebrity. She's a local legend. Nationwide Mutual Insurance Company and Affiliates, Columbus, Ohio. No matter where your travels take you, Ohio Farm Bureau membership benefits will follow. Before you check in, you should check out the wide variety of options Farm Bureau members have when it comes to hotel discounts. From names like Red Roof Inn and Motel 6 to over 30 iconic brands offered through Choice and Wyndham, you'll be able to find the comfort level that's right for you. To learn more on how to save on your lodging needs, visit OFBF.org savings. Another valuable member benefit exclusive to Ohio Farm Bureau members. Are you a small business owner supporting agriculture, such as farm equipment, food processing, grocery store, or restaurant service? Do you continue to search for reliable and affordable health coverage? Search no more. The Ohio Farm Bureau has taken action to offer a new self-funded medical plan to save on expenses. This new health benefits plan, administered in part by Medical Mutual, offers great rates, expanded well care, and a variety of plans designed to meet your needs. Specialty products available to employees include dental, vision, and disability at specially discounted rates. This plan also includes a 24-7 nurse line and a physician consultation service for your convenience. Search no more. Visit OFBHealthBenefitsPlan.org. Receive your exceptionally discounted quote today. That's OFBHealthBenefitsPlan.org. OFBHealthBenefitsPlan.org. More of Our Ohio Weekly with Ty Higgins next. Thank you, as always, for making Our Ohio Weekly a part of your weekend. I'm Ty Higgins. The 2021 American Farm Bureau Virtual Convention will be held January 10th through 13th. And for the first time ever, registration fees are being waived to give all Farm Bureau members and anyone interested in agriculture the opportunity to experience one of the industry's premier events from the comfort and safety of home. Melissa Sanders Carroll is Executive Director of Business Operations and Revenue Development with the American Farm Bureau Federation and a fellow Buckeye. Hi, Melissa. Hello. How are you, Ty? Doing great. Uh, for many across the country, uh, Farm Bureau members, uh, this convention is a highlight of the year. How many people would you typically have attending in years past if it were a normal convention? If we were getting together in person, we'd have somewhere in the neighborhood of 5,000 to 6,000 attendees annually. 
Wow, and that makes the decision to go virtual a really tough call. I know it was. We had to make that decision here in Ohio as well, but it's a necessary call to keep members safe. But as I mentioned, it also provides the opportunity for those that may have never been to a convention a chance to see what it's all about. That's the most exciting part of this whole opportunity for, from my perspective, Ty, is really every Farm Bureau member, no matter whether you are just a council member in your local council, all the way up to leaders across the state of Ohio, have the opportunity to log in, participate, and learn and be engaged in Farm Bureau on a national level. And we're really excited to bring this opportunity to all Farm Bureau members and non-Farm Bureau members as well. You guys always hit a home run as far as who joins us at these conventions and who speaks to our members. Uh, This year, no exception. What are some of the highlights as far as speakers that we can look forward to uh, at this convention virtually this week? Sure. Uh, First of all, we'll have a number of Farm Bureau staff available to talk about policy and and leadership in agriculture. And then we're going to have some really dynamic keynote speakers, including Mike Rowe from Dirty Jobs, Rory Denver, who is a commander of of Navy Seals, and Beth Ford, who's the CEO of Land O'Lakes. You mentioned all the workshops and, and the award presentations, and the agenda is a mile long. If you go to fb.org, you can actually see it uh, on American Farm Bureau's website. And another thing that I always look forward to is the foundation night, uh, raising money for scholarships and other great causes across the country. A couple of really big stars taking part this year. Definitely. We're really excited to have Sarah Evans and Phil Vassar joining us to participate and sing a few songs. But also, we're going to be awarding Farm Dog of the Year and Uh, engaging all of our members in in agriculture in the great work that the foundation does to educate youth on the importance and the involvement of agriculture in their daily life. You mentioned how this is kind of open to everyone that wants to see exactly what happens uh, at the national level with Farm Bureau. Uh, Do you need to register if you want to take part or or watch some of these speakers or, or some of these workshops and seminars? You do need to register. It's very easy. It's annualconvention.fc.org, and that is, as we said, free registration. But once you're in, you have access to all of the workshops. There'll be over 20 workshops available, the general sessions, the foundation night in, as well as our young farmer and rancher competitions that we have, and our Ag Innovation Challenge for Ag Entrepreneurs. So much to do, so much to see, and you can do it all right there from the comfort of your own home. The Farm Bureau Virtual Convention for 2021, January 10th through 13th. Again, uh, all the details are online, fb.org. Melissa Sanders-Carroll, Executive Director of Business Operations and Revenue Development with the American Farm Bureau. Thanks so much, and go Bucks. Go Bucks. As it is each year, we are so proud of the Ohio Farm Bureau members. They'll be recognized at the national level by the American Farm Bureau Federation at their virtual convention. Micah Mensing is from Holmes County. He is going to be competing in the AFBF discussion meet early next week. And John and Sarah Eisen from Claremont County are going to be competing in the Excellence in Ag contest. Not to mention all of the county farm bureaus that will be recognized at the national level by the American Farm Bureau Federation for their great work with their communities. Out of the 12 activities being recognized nationwide, Ohio Farm Bureau had five counties win. Delaware and Pickaway counties for their Farm to Food Banks program. Henry County had the Farmer and Landowner Appreciation Dinner. 
Scioto County, the Conservation School is Cool program, and in Tuscarawas County, their Cows to Kids program being recognized by the American Farm Bureau Federation as well. We wish all our Ohio Farm Bureau members the best of luck as they compete and show their stuff for everybody involved in Farm Bureau across the country this week. You can see the full itinerary and make your plans to join any part of the American Farm Bureau Convention virtually online at annualconvention.fb.org. That's annualconvention.fb.org. A lot of great stuff going on Sunday through Wednesday. Our Ohio Weekly is supported by Nationwide. Nationwide is on your side. And produced by Ohio Farm Bureau. Working together for Ohio farmers to advance agriculture and strengthen our communities. Be sure to visit Our Ohio Weekly's podcast page to listen to previous episodes at ofbf.org slash Our Ohio Weekly. Thank you as always for listening. I'm Ty Higgins. We'll see you down the road.